Come on, let's love him together. I praise your holy name, my Father. Let your good, kind, and loving and Holy Spirit rest upon your children today. Give us the grace and the glory of Almighty God. Won't you grant it, O God? Won't you do it, O Lord? How kind you are in Jesus' great name. Everybody said praise the Lord. If you have a Bible this morning, I'd like to turn your attention to the gospel according to John. John's account of the gospel. We're very happy that you're here. And we love and appreciate each and every one of you. Let's take a look at the, the good word of God. I'm in the 14th chapter of the book of St. John. And I'm going to turn your attention this morning to verse 26. John 14 and 26. <clears throat> but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. I'd like you to note particularly, he shall teach you all things. Everybody said praise the Lord. All right, you can be seated. The Lord bless you. When the great eternal God, the one God, spoke the word and things began to happen, Genesis chapter 1, and God created everything. In the beginning, God, how nice that is. It didn't say God's, said God. And he began to create. He did marvelous and wonderful things, and he declared that it was good. And then from there, as you move your way through uh, Moses' introduction of God to the world, as he was inspired to put the pen, then uh, you come moving into other areas that the Bible teaches and one of those places is the book of Isaiah. And I'm going to read to you from uh, chapter 30. Okay, chapter 30 and verse 18. And therefore will the Lord wait that he may be gracious unto you, and, theref and therefore will he be exalted that he may have mercy upon you. For the Lord is a God of judgment, Blessed are all they that wait for him. For the people shall dwell in Zion at Jerusalem. Thou shalt weep no more. He will be very gracious unto thee at the voice of thy crying. When he shall hear it, he will answer thee. I'd like for you to know that God is a prayer answering God. I would like for you to know that he really does hear you when you pray. So make sure you pray. Make sure you talk to God. Make sure you communicate your innermost feelings to Him and put it into words that you can understand. I once had a, a young man I prayed for many years ago. I was in another state kind of preaching a little revival and, and the man, young man, he uh, was probably in his early 20s, 30s, somewhere in there. And uh, he came to the altar when I got done preaching, and he was praying, and, 
and he just continually was speaking in tongues, and now there's nothing wrong with speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. Uh, if you're going to receive the Holy Ghost, when you receive the Holy Ghost, that will take place because the Lord will send forth his Spirit into your believing heart, and he will cry, Abba, Father, and that you will uh, then begin to, in being filled with the Holy Ghost, you'll begin to speak in another language or tongue as his spirit gives you the ability to do so. Acts chapter 2 verse 4 teaches this among other places. And so uh, this young man though in praying, he already had the Holy Ghost. He was baptized in Jesus' name and everything. And finally I went up to him and I prayed for him and I told him, I said, you know, every once in a while you need to pray a little bit in English. I said, you need to converse with God in your own language that you understand what you're saying. And there's nothing wrong with, as I said, uh, speaking to God in mysteries and communicating with him as his spirit gives you the utterance. That's a good thing. But it is, it is not to be something exclusive, exclusively to where you're not talking to God in a language that you understand. So it's important that you talk to God. It's important that you pray. And uh, as you do that, he's telling you in his word that he's going to hear you. Now, for example, second, uh, if you care to turn there, I'll read to you from Second Chronicles, and that's uh, chapter 7 and verse 14. If my people, there's that word if, if my people, which are called by my name, thank God we have the name, okay, you have his name when you're baptized in his name. People want to run around and say they have the name of Jesus and they're not baptized in the name of Jesus. They don't have his name. You hear me? It's a whole big difference. The whole other realm and level when you get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said praise the Lord. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. Now that's something very strong for you to notice. You do these certain things quickly. You, uh, you're by his name. You humble, you pray, and you turn. And he said, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. So we need to pray. It's important that we talk to God. Some people think that prayer is, you know, you've got to have some big fancy words and, and you've got to, you know, oh, no, God, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, that's not true at all, okay? The Bible doesn't teach you that. Matter of fact, then there are those that are, unfortunately, have been taught to pray repetitiously. Uh, maybe they're given a card and it's got, you know, Hail Mary or Our Father or something like that, you know. Uh, I told him the other night, I said, people want you to say, Hail Mary, full of grace. I said, that's nonsense. I said, it's, it's Hail Jesus, full of grace. Amen. I want to get that straight in your mind. <laughs> amen and amen. But uh, as, you, as you pray to him and as you talk to him, then you want to communicate with him on a level that, that you understand, in a language that you understand, and that it is not vain or worthless repetitions that Jesus called them heathens do that, unbelievers do that, people that don't know him, people that don't truly have his name. 
and, and people that are, uh, you know, just kind of going about their own way and their own business and making it up as they go along. They're writing their own script, you know. And the, we've got how to do things right here in this good Word of God. From Genesis to Revelation, 66 books. You get your mind on the Word of God, and you ask God to help you. You look for examples of people who prayed, and their prayer is recorded in the Scripture, and give you a little hint, a little insight in talking to God. And you may not start out quite so fluently, but what you do want to do is be sincere. You want to mean what you're praying. And you want, one of the things I noticed about my pastor, friend, when he prayed, it didn't matter if it was uh, blessing the food uh, or praying for a little child in the middle aisle uh, or whatever, or in a hospital or wherever. He focused. He, you saw him just close down and shut out everything else. And he prayed and he talked to God, whatever it might have been about. And it's so important to uh, shut the door, as the Bible said. Enter into that closet. Shut the door. Well, it's not always a physical closet. Now, this whole building can be a closet. Uh, it can be. Uh, but what it's more, what's more in tune with what the Scripture is saying is that you're shutting everything else out. And you're bringing your mind's eye into focus on God. And that you are communicating with Him. You're communicating with the Eternal. You're talking to God. I got to tell you, I got a phone, I made a phone call the other day to Sister Ann, and uh, I needed her to, she's drawing something up for the church, for the new building, and uh, I was giving her some instructions, and and uh, she was talking to me and answering what I was saying. Well, right about that time, somebody came walking in and uh, to where I was sitting and talking, and they started talking to me. You know, and I got news for you. There is a rule. You cannot give 100% to two things at the same time. Okay? It's either over here or it's over here. But you can't, you can't do both at the same simultaneously. You can't do it. Okay? I'd get a little snatch of her and I'd get a little snatch of that guy. And I'd get a little snatch of her. And when I got done, I didn't know what either one of them said. <laughs> Those snatchy things don't work too well. All right? So we have, I'm, I'm all for multitasking, Okay? I'm, I'm for multitasking, but, you know, you got to tell yourself that if you're really going to give 100% to something, then you got to shut everything else out and all, you know. I'm sure at one time or another you have made the statement to your child or children, and I'm sure when you were a child yourself that your mother said to you, now pay attention to what I'm saying, right? Oh, yeah, she didn't want your eyes darting around and going everywhere and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Now, you know, I found out how to do that real good with J.L. I just, I just get the candy out, and I hold it, and she's just all about the candy, you know. So I definitely get her attention, and then I have to kind of cover it up and speak, you know. So you, God knows how. Yes, he does know how to get our attention. But I'm going to tell you right now, you've got to learn how to get his attention. You've got to, because then God said, you do certain things. He said, then, then will I hear, you know. I want God to hear me. When I pray, I, I want God to, to absolutely get an earful of what I'm saying. I want it to be focused. I want it to be going a direct line to him. All right? Now listen to what uh, the uh, book of Isaiah, and I started, I think I started to read it to you, and I kind of got away from it here. 
But Isaiah chapter 30, and the Lord was saying some wonderful things here. And uh, listen to what this one particular section, this verse, had to say. Uh, and I read to you how that the Lord would be gracious, and that he's, he's uh, blessed are they that wait on him. For the, and how the Lord's going to take care of his church. He's going to put people at the church. He said, thou shalt weep no more. God knows how to wipe away and dry up all the tears. He will be very gracious unto thee, and that's a Bible word, gracious, besides here I mean, at the voice of thy cry. When he shall hear it, he will answer thee. So you don't want to be looking for answers if you're not talking to God. Because when God hears you, then he's going to answer. When you do certain things, when you humble yourself, when you turn from the wrong and turn to God, then you're going to start getting his attention. Okay? And look what he said. And though the Lord give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet shall not thy teachers be removed unto a corner anymore, but thine eyes shall see thy teachers. You know, God, he knew how to cut Israel off when they, as I've told you what the rabbi said. He said when Israel was good, they were very, very good. But he said when Israel was bad, he said they were very, very, very bad. <laughs> well, that kind of describes us, doesn't it, people? And, um, and we want to be good. We want to see if we can eliminate the bad and, and uh, what we say accentuate the, the good. We want to put a lot of emphasis on the good. We want to try to do it the way that pleases God. But what I want you to notice is the word teacher. Now, as you come through that Old Testament, God had prophets and he had teachers and he had uh, those that would lead the people. And, and like Moses, he brought them out of Egypt, right? With a high and powerful arm of the Lord that Moses was used as the prophet to preserve them and take them out of Egypt and bring them to the border, to the crossing line of the, uh, of the land of promise, the land of Canaan, where a dispensational truth was set up because uh, God allowed Moses to look, but it didn't allow him to go in. But the next generation got to go in. And then Joshua was raised up, and Joshua became a tremendous leader as he helped them to have great military victories as they begin to move out the bad things that were going to be in that land and get rid of those things. God wants you to get rid of the bad things in your life. He wants you to move those things out of the way. He doesn't want your eyes looking at the wrong thing, your ears hearing the wrong thing, and your heart, your mind getting all burdened down and cluttered down with wrong things. He wants to give you a, uh, what do they call it, live streaming? He wants to give you live streaming in the Holy Ghost. He wants to send it right into your heart. He wants the Word of God to come in there. He wants the teachings of God. God to come in there. And what happened is, under Israel going through under the judges, and, uh, and then under all the kings and the divided kingdom, and the things that had taken place until finally we come to the end of the Old Testament, and we find that there's no word of the Lord being given. We find that between the Testaments, the covenants between the old and the new, that there was 400 years of silence and God did not speak. God did not send his word. God just said, I'm not having none of this. I'm tired of it. And so he said, we'll see how you like me now. And I'm not talking to you. Okay? And so God wasn't talking to them. But God allowed there to come a buildup, a buildup of people that were determined that they were going to get God's attention. 
And the Bible teaches very plainly, of course, that there was God saw it all from the beginning to the end, and it was all going to be well timed. And and God said, "All right, now we're now we're getting somewhere." And God sent John the Baptizer, and he was the messenger, and he was coming, friend. And he, he began to prepare the hearts of the people. And then the day came when God chose to come in the flesh. And when that fullness of time was come, and he did that, then the scripture teaches that a great light had sprung up to the people that sat in darkness. A great light had sprung up. And oh, friend, that was Jesus the Christ, the light of the world, as he began to go among the people and do good and heal the sick and all the marvelous things that he did. And he was called as the fella came in John, it's recorded in John chapter 3, he came and said, uh, Rabbi or teacher, we know, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. Or Rabbi really being master teacher. Master, we know that thou art a teacher come from the Spirit. A teacher, a teacher. And he became known as a teacher among them as he went about doing the good and healing the sick and casting out the devils and many wonderful things that he did in people's lives. But you know what? That didn't stop people from being negatively affected by evil spirits. The enemy's got live streaming going on too. And he's pumping in all his trash and all his garbage. And that's why we are not involved with that kind of stuff because the enemy is in control of that. We are drawing our live streaming from, a, from the Bible teaching you uh, that there's a throne, friend, and it's flowing out of there. It's a live stream, all right. It's a live river. <laughs> it's coming out of there. And it's bringing to you something that's crystal clear, something that is clean and pure, and that has healing in it for all the nations. Don't you understand what I'm telling you? I am telling you that God's got something for you as an individual, and you've got to tell yourself that I'm going to cut off the world. I'm going to turn that off. I'm going to turn on to God. Turn on to God. Yes, sir. You want to mess your little child's mind up, you just give them a steady diet and stream of all the uh, videos and stuff like that. You say, well, it's just cartoon. Well, they'll start mimicking everything that they're seeing because you're putting it in there. You've got to be a much more responsible adult for yourself and for your family. You've got to wake up. I tell you, wake up to righteousness. And Matthew 6.33 said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. He said, All these things will be added unto you. You've got to wake up and get in the ring here. You've got to get in the fight. You've got to get in the battle. As it's written, you've got to fight the good fight of faith. You've got to fight back Hollywood. You've got to fight back this world. You've got to push the enemy out of the way. And you've got to do it through your prayer. You've got to do it through a developing of your mind and your heart before God. You've got to seek his face. You've got to humble yourself. You've got to turn from the wickedness of this world. And, and please remember that denial is not just a river in Egypt. So don't live in denial. All right? Wake up to what's going on. And, and one place said, it's high time. It's high time to wake up. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's like they said, uh, uh, that's enough. Well, you know, enough is actually you went too far. You've got to kind of stop just before enough. Okay? If you, let, if you sit back from the table and you're, oh, I've had enough. You went too far. You went too far. Yeah, you had to stop just before that. 
Or you're going to have a miserable night. You're going to toss and turn all night because your body is going to have to work all night long because you stuffed it and then put it in the bed. Not a good thing to do. Okay. Anyway, that's a different story. So we're moving right along now. So I am telling you that Jesus came and he came to teach. He came to show people the right way. He, and they, they reveled in it, the common people. People like us, they reveled in it. They, they rejoiced in it. They cried out as he came through town, in, uh, not in a 30-inch in a uh, blinged-up, tricked-up uh, vehicle. He came on a, on a lowly beast of burden, a donkey, and he came riding into town, friend. And, you know, the emphasis isn't to be on, on the ride. Hello! The emphasis isn't to be on what you're wearing so much, all right? The emphasis is to be, and it's certainly not to be on bling, it's supposed to be on him. And, and as he came into town, friend, the people were focused on him. And they weren't focused on religion. And the religious guys got all upset and got envious and got mad. And they began to cry out and they said, hey, Jesus, tell these people to be quiet. Calm down. You ever notice that most religions, they, they want a lot of quiet. I want everything to be real silent. I, uh, we passed a place the other day, a building, and there was a sign out front, and it announced that their weekly service, like Wednesdays, was at 12.30 in the afternoon. I said, how do you have churches? I can have church any time, but I'm saying a regular service time every Wednesday for a whole year, shall we say, at 12.30 in the afternoon. I don't know. What do you run in there at lunchtime? I don't know what you do. I have a feeling that really what that was saying is that everybody was geriatric, that the that the old timers were coming in. They're all retired, maybe that's what it was, and they've got the twelve thirty thing okay for them. But you know what? We've got a we've got a, a world to reach, and we've got people that need to be taught, and we've got people that need to to be involved in a very active going on here. And when Jesus came into town, friend, there was action. Their people were inspired. People wanted to lift their hearts with their hands. They wanted to grab a palm and begin to wave it and say, save us, save us, save us. We want to be saved. We want to be saved. And so what I was saying to you is that during this 400 years of silence before the light sprung up, there were no teachers around. There was... Nothing was, nothing was happening. There was no word of the Lord coming in the mouth of the prophet. And, uh, and then Jesus came. And he began to teach the people. And they, they, uh, the authorities sent uh, their little soldiers and said, you go get them. And you bring them in here. And they came back empty-handed. And they said, hey, where is he? And they said, never a man spake like this man. Nobody teaches like this guy teaches. And you better understand something. That meant that, it, he, how did it say it in the scripture? Beware when all men speak well of you. You must not be saying nothing if they're all talking good about you. you know. that, that just means that you're not bringing truth. You're, because truth is controversial. Truth sets a line right down through the middle of things, friend. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to go right in the middle of families. 
There's going to be some that don't believe it, and they're just going to rail against it. They're going to hate truth. They're going to want you to keep their religion, and because their religion has provided a cover of darkness for them that they can keep doing their evil deeds and keep living the way they're living. But let me tell you something. The Bible said, woe to those rebellious people that they cover with a covering that's not of my spirit. God is light. God is not darkness. There's no variableness of turning in him. There's no shadow, in other words. This God that we serve is light, and people come to that light because they want to repent. They want to be saved. They want to be delivered. They want to be delivered from sin. Amen. That's right. People don't want to really, people, sincere people. I was thinking of the scripture that said, if this gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. You know, because this gospel is designed to be out there for everybody. This gospel is designed to go to the four quarters of the earth. This gospel is for every skin color. It's for every nation, every continent, every language, every dialect, every people, everywhere. Okay. So, but if it's hid, if you find that that it's hid, it's hid to somebody who's who's lost. Somebody whose mind is shut down, their heart is shut down. They don't want it. They just don't want it. And so they just they're lost and they're going to remain lost because they choose to do that. Okay, they, you have a choice though here today, and you can have the light, you can have your eyes enlightened, you can be given a seeing eye and a hearing ear, which is of the Lord, and you can get your understanding open, in other words, to the truth, and you can be taught, if you will, what's right, if you will not fight it, if you will not resist it, if you will not try to be smarter than it. You know, the enemy, uh, the Bible teaches that God takes the wise in their own craftiness. So you don't want to get caught up with a spirit that you you know you think you're all so smart and you're all that you know you it's it's not your IQ your intelligence quotient which they <laughs> claim that most of those tests are bogus anyway but whatever the case might be I am trying to tell you that you better get a hold of the real wisdom of God somebody told me the other day uh, they called to write an article and they said you're a very smart man and I said you know we tell people that being so small uh, we get so much accomplished because we serve a big God. And I said, so I serve a wise, smart God. It's not of us. It is of him whom we serve. Do you hear me? And if, if a stroke of genius comes through, you better remember where the stroke is coming from. If you get something right, friend, you better know what the source is. And the source is our God. His name is Jesus Christ. And he wants to teach you. He wants to teach you. Amen. And he spoke in Isaiah about the teachers no more. The teacher would no more be hidden. And he no more would be removed to different places. But now Jesus has come. And that scripture is going to be fulfilled because, and has been fulfilled because Jesus said very plainly that he, after he died on the cross, that he was going to send back the comforter which is the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. And he's going to send that spirit back. And he said that Holy Spirit is going to teach you that Holy Spirit is going to teach you. Don't you know you can have the teacher inside of you? He's going to be there with you 24-7. You know, you can call certain places, uh, what do they call it, tech help or something? <laughs> Hello? And sometimes the computer's down. Sometimes they're not, those techie people aren't there to talk to you because things go down. But I know my God don't ever go down. He's up 24-7, 365 and a quarter, friend. And if you'll talk to him, he's going to answer you. That's what he said. He's going to be gracious unto you. He's going to be gracious unto you. He's not going to be rude. He's not going to be ugly. Amen. Amen. 
You ever, you ever talk to some people, man, they rude. They be ugly. They have bad attitude. You know, they don't know anything about it. They shouldn't work in customer complaint. They don't have enough grace to do that, do they? Amen. Oh, sir. And, uh, you know, you see some people on their job and you got to deal with them. And you're like, people, if you want your job, you're going to have to be a little more personable, <laughs> a little more pleasant, you know. And uh, otherwise, people are going to run away from you and, and, and you're not going to have any customers. And that's going to be the end of that, okay, And which means the end of your paycheck. So it's important that we, it's so nice to have the Holy Ghost, though. Because, you know, the Holy Ghost will make you, it, it, one place it said it will beautify you. You get a real, you get a real makeover, you know. And it, it don't take all that, that different stuff that they sell at the counter at all these different stores, you know. This is the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost can put a beauty in your life that comes from another world, all right. Comes from another world. How great the Holy Ghost is. And Jesus foretold. Jesus said, I'm going to give my life on that cross. And I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, three days later, I'm going to rise up from the dead. And then I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh, he said through Joel. And that's what took place in Acts chapter 2 in your Bible. And that's what Peter in the Holy Ghost recounted that verse, chapter and verse. It comes to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And God, sons and daughters, he talked about, young men and young women how that the Spirit of the Lord would be poured out. And that's what began to take place in Acts chapter 2 and has come all the way down almost 2,000 years. And here we are. And people, you can have the Holy Ghost. And you know what? You get the Holy Ghost, you can have a renewing of the Holy Ghost. Matter of fact, you need a renewing of the Holy Ghost if you're going to fight off this world and this flesh. Okay? And this flesh it has ways of getting alive again. And we've got to beat it down. We've got to mortify it. We've got to render it useless. We've got to make it dead. We want to be alive in Christ. And we want to be dead to our flesh and to the world. I don't want to draw on that stuff. I want to draw on the Holy Ghost. I want my life streaming to come from the Holy Ghost. I want it coming from the throne of God. I want it to bring healing to my life and my mind. I want it to bring what everybody everywhere needs. Amen. You know, good and well at this in every area. But we live here, so we'll talk about our tri-city area. It's an open cesspool of sin. People are lost. And you might as well get that straight in your head. You say, hey, you're being ugly about it. I'm not being ugly about it. No, I'm telling you reality. People are lost. People are involved with much nasty stuff because their hearts are not yet born again. And that's, that's where the church steps in, friends. The church steps in to bring the teaching, the knowledge of how to get the salvation of God. And we want to bring that to everybody everywhere. We want to show them the way out of darkness and into His marvelous light. That's what we want to do. And you know what? It, it's plain in the, in the Bible, in 1 Peter, that, um, and it used the terminology about getting this great experience that you'd put away all of that bad stuff, all of that envy and all these other bad things. You'd put that away. And that, he said, and you'd begin a new life. And in the beginning, he said, if so be that you've tasted of the graciousness of Jesus Christ. So there's a proving out, isn't there? You know, you got, you got people that claim, hi, they got Jesus. Yeah, I got Jesus. Look, I got his name on my, I got my name on my hat. Yeah, I got Jesus, you know. And then they proceed to just cuss you out, you know. And they, uh, they, they brawl and they fight. 
and they are adulterers, and they're fornicators, and they're uh, drunkards, and they're full of drugs, and their lives is just being torn apart by spirits, okay? And they're filled with gossip. They have a spirit of gossip upon them, all right? And uh, you know what I tell you about the gossip. She ran up, or he ran up, and said, let me hurry up and tell you about this before I find out it's not true, right? Oh, yeah. They just information mongers. You know, a monger is somebody who traffics in something. You know, some people are whoremongers and some people are information mongers. All right, that's what they traffic in. That's what they're running their business in. And and uh, there are people that are just filled with gossip. They can't hardly go to sleep at night until they find out every last little thing that they're trying to find out about. That something came their way, something little chatter on the wire, and they picked up on. They've just got to know. We had a preacher's wife tell us that one time. She said, "I can't go to sleep." She said, I'll be up driving the roads at 2 in the morning until I can find out what i got to find out. What a sad way to live your life, isn't it? I didn't put any name to that. That was many years ago. But I am just saying to you that there, there are spirits that drive people. You better be sure what spirit's driving you. You want it to be the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And somebody said in their little sign, uh, their little plate on their car said, God is my co-pilot. Well, they got that all wrong. God's not the co-pilot. He's the pilot. And, and if he's your co-pilot, you're in trouble. He's to be the pilot. He's running this thing. He's in control. And you've got, to, you've got to yield yourself to that. You've got to let God have his way. And quit trying to, what did Jesus say about people that uh, would try to go up some other way? And he, he made it clear there is no other way. He said, I'm the door. He said, you're coming through. I went to a, a restaurant the other night to get the boys a bunch of pizza and bring it back here for them working on the job at night. And, uh, and so... Uh, I had a little something to eat while I waited on them to get the food ready. And uh, so the, uh, I said, Do you, uh, could I have some Tabasco? And the, you know me. <laughs> so they said, uh, the little girl said, oh, well, I don't think we have any of that. So she went over and asked the, the guy that's basically the manager. And he said, yeah, he said, we have, we have um, right in the freezer there, we have, well, not a freezer, but a cooler. He said, we have, uh, we have a bottle of Tabasco in there that says for senior pastor. And, and so she said, oh, well, it's for senior pastor. And, Somebody said, that is senior pastor. And I told Brandon, I said, um, that made me feel like Jesus, you know. And he said, I am the resurrection. I am senior pastor. Hello. <laughs> made me feel good. All right. Well, I'm trying to tell you, Jesus walks up on the, the plank of your life, friend, the, the deck of your ship, and it's rocking and rolling every which way. I want him to hear you when you call. I want you to know that he's going to hear you when you call. I want you to know that he's a teacher, and he's going to teach you things. If you'll be willing to learn. It's been said that the, when the student is ready, that the teacher will appear. So you got to get yourself ready. And that's why he said you got to humble yourself. I told you the other day, I told St. Fell, I said, we, we got to humble down more. We got we to gotta humble down more. I said, we got to make an extra effort here. I said, because he giveth more grace to the humble. So if we could just get real grovelly before God, then he'll send more grace all. And I said, brother, we need more grace right now. <laughs> Certain things are going on, you know. So, oh, brother, you never know what a day will bring, huh? And you never know what that little old phone will, will bring to your mind and what you'll have to contend with. And sometimes, sometimes you don't, it doesn't take a phone. The old devil just drops a load on you. He just comes to bring a dark cloud. He comes to bring all kinds of, that's what he does. He, he comes to pluck up what's planned. He comes to destroy 
He never brings anything good. He's a liar and the father of it. And you've got to learn that. You've got to be taught that. You've got to wake up to that. You can't look to the things that he's producing and the way he's doing things that he's going to make you think it's oh so cool when it's destructive, when it's destroying you. You hear me? Everything. I found out something I didn't know the other day for sure. They saw this guy just chomping on a cigar, besides it being absolutely disgusting looking, while you're trying to eat a meal, and he's just chomping on and, you know, He didn't light it. He's just chewing on it. You know, like you might chew on a sausage. He's chewing away. And I found out that that cigar has sugar in it. That leaf has sugar in it. And you get addicted to that. And he says, see, I don't smoke them. But I, he said, I, I can't quit doing it because the sugar got me. You know, if the devil can't get you one way, he'll get you up. He's just out to get you addicted to something. Get you hung up. Get your heart and your life all involved in going the wrong way and chasing the wrong thing. I'm trying to tell you that a teacher has come. And friend, when he came rolling down the road or came on, on that donkey or whatever his mode of transportation was on that day, and sometimes it was what we call Pat and Bob, you know. Yeah, he was walking down the old dusty road, friend. He was, he was visiting people. He was going from village to village, preaching the gospel, teaching them, teaching them, trying to bring them out of darkness, trying to bring them out of ignorance and enlighten them, get the eyes of the understanding enlightened, the scripture said, that, that he's trying to say, you, you've got a, a hope beyond this world. He's trying to say, I've got so many good things for you, so many good things in store for you, if you'll just let me teach you about them. He's got hidden treasures in secret places, the book said. Old scenes fell the other day. I, I said, I, we were riding along, and we were discussing some things that had to do with monetary things, and I said, well, you know, we got, we got hidden treasure in secret places. Don't worry about it. You know, I said, because I know my piggy bank's empty, so we have to go after that hidden thing, you know. And God will take care of that. I've seen God do it time and time and time again, friends. He knows how to open the windows of heaven, he said, and pour you out a blessing that there wouldn't be room enough to receive it. That's why one preacher preached in Barris for space. You know, just don't have enough space. God just doing it, man. And I'm trying to tell you, let the teacher, the Holy Ghost, it starts with you getting the Holy Ghost. You want to get baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire, and then you want to, as Titus 3 and 5 said, you want to continue to be renewed in the Holy Ghost, okay? That's how we get saved and we stay saved. This isn't something that, well, you know, back when I was six years old, I got the Holy Ghost, and now you're 66, and you, in 60 years you haven't spoken in tongues once. You know? You, have, you, haven't, you haven't got your hands up and your heart up. You haven't cut a rug like these beautiful saint ladies we have here. I love when they do that. I love when they're coming down off that platform. Oh, boy, I say, oh boy here we go. You know? I, I got to get my, my brother Altez. He's got to come out of that. He's getting to be a pretty good shouter himself. Yeah. yeah. Keep him from going to Hades so much. Stay right here. Amen. All right. But I'm trying to tell you, you want to be in touch with God, friend. You want to talk to God. You want to hear from God. And he said, and I'll answer thee. That's what he said. He said, I will answer thee. I got a guy in this town, he don't never answer his phone when I call him. He's supposed to be running a business. I'm telling you the truth. The man don't answer his phone. Now. Why do you have one? Why are you paying that every month and you don't answer the thing? And leave messages, that's almost a joke. You know? If they were written down on paper, you could wallpaper your whole house with the messages I've left. You know? Come on here. I'm glad that God's a prayer answering God. I'm glad I can talk to him. Amen, I can talk to him.
Amen. But if you want to hear back from them, then you better humble yourself. Yes, sir. You better turn from the wrong things you've been doing. You better turn from that. Turn back to God. That's what you better. Even, even the Lord told Peter, he said, Satan wants you, buddy. <laughs> he wants to sift you like wheat. And he said, but guess what? He said, I prayed for thee. He said, I, I prayed for thee. And he said, and when you're converted, when you turn back, you've turned away, you've turned aside. It was a nice little way of rebuking Peter, wasn't it? Just saying it that way, when you're converted, when you, when you turn back, when you swing back to the right path, when you get back on course, he said, then you'll be able to strengthen everybody else. You're not going to be much help to everybody else if you're off yourself, okay? You've got to get yourself lined up. You've got to get in tune and in step and in rank and in harmony. And if you think that you're just going to do it your own way, you're going to find out that it is not going to work. And that you're, you're, you're going to have an army marching this way and you're saying you're with them and you're going the other way. And, and that's, it's just not, it's going to be totally without harmony. I don't know if you, that's why I don't sing with Sister Williams and the praise singers too loudly. Because I don't harmonize too well. I really don't. Um, but I, I read one time that Elvis Presley couldn't harmonize either. So maybe I just should be a soloist. <laughs> I am. I sing so low that nobody can hear me. <laughs> oh, brother. But that, that harmony thing, you get folks supposed to be singing together. They're supposed to be listening to each other as they sing. And they come out sounding as one voice. But, you know, if you've got somebody up there doing their own thing, like out, they're not having any harmony. Well, how about as one church voice that we're working with God and we want to be speaking the same thing? We want to be believing the same thing. We want to be uh, going about God's business the Bible way in a, harm, in a harmonious way. We want to be stepping in the steps of faithful Abraham, the book teaches. We don't want to um, stagger at unbelief, do we? We want to be full of faith. And we want to humble ourselves. We want to turn from the wrong thing to the right thing. And in so doing that, then God said, I'll hear. I'll hear. I see you mean business. I had a... A sister in the church, she's dead now, but um, she was telling me that she had been trying to get the mind of God about a decision and uh, what she should do, what God would want her to do. And, and she said that, uh, I, she said, I couldn't, I wasn't getting anywhere. She said, so I, I finally, she said, I, I pushed the plate back. She said, I quit eating. I started fasting, started praying. She said, it was time to get down to business. It was time to get down to business. God knows when you mean business. God, you know, you know when you when you praying, you know them old six and seven prayers that are, uh, you know, written on some piece of paper and uh, some lullaby. You know, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord. When you start talking to God and you mean it, just like when you talk to that child, take out the garbage. Take out the garbage. Take out the garbage. Ooh, there's a difference, friend. <laughs> you know? And sometimes you got to, it's good therapy. Do you know it's very good therapy to lift up your voice? It's very good therapy to get uh, yourself into prayer physically. You know, to maybe you might even sweat a little bit. It's good for you. It's good for your, from the top of the head to the bottom of the feet. You don't need a psychiatrist's couch. You don't need to spend your money on that. Say, I'm so down. Well, that's why you need to pray. <laughs> You need to talk to God. 
You need to get a fresh shot of the Holy Ghost in your life. Amen. And so he said, here, he said, I'm going to be gracious to you. And at the voice of thy cry, you know, I promise you when little Tamiya back there gets hungry, you're going to hear the voice of her cry. That little old slip of a little old peanut. Friend, she's got a, a Tom voice, though. <laughs> and she will, she will lift up that voice and she will cry. Well, that's how God said. He said, at the voice of thy cry. He said, I'm going to hear that. I'm going to hear that. I'm going to know you mean business. I'm going to know that you're focused in here and you've shut the door and you're not thinking about the computer or you're not thinking about this or that or the other, but that you're focused in and you're talking to me. You know, I don't like going into an office to speak to somebody and, and they're just reading something. You know, and I'm over there talking to them and they're just you know, doing I think that's rude. I don't like that at all. You know, I want to just reach across, grab the, whatever they're reading, and just throw, put in the shredder. Now, listen to me. That's what I'm telling you. All right? Okay. So you want to get that person's attention, don't you? That's what you want. And we want to get God's attention. And God said, if you want my attention, he said, there's certain things you're going to have to do. But if you'll do those things, he said, you will find that I am a gracious God. You will find that I am, I am pleasant to deal with. I am not rude. Okay, I'm not out to kill you. I'm out to save you. I'm out to deliver you. I'm out to answer your prayers. I'm out, you know, there might be a little light affliction come along, a little bread of adversity, a little water of affliction. And, and that's good for you. These things get our attention. Don't you know that? Oh, yeah. You just go messing around. You don't give your tithing. You're gonna, God going to get your attention. He's going to cut your water off, sure enough. You're not going to get the water of affliction. You're going to get the GUA. You're going to get no water. Don't get that turned off, pal. Oh, I'm sorry. It's Palm Beach Utilities now. <laughs> Got to get my, my letters going correctly on that, don't I? Everybody said praise the Lord. Let's give God a big hand. Amen. Amen. Very important that we believe that what God said, God means. Okay? If you're singing, come on. What God said, God means. And uh, he loves you. I'm telling you that. But, you know, some of you need to ask yourself, how long are you going to go without getting the Holy Ghost? How long are you going to go without the teacher in your life? How long are you going to go claiming the Holy Ghost without a shout and a dance or a speaking with other tongues as the Spirit of God? How long are you going to go without lifting your heart to, with your hands to heaven? How long are you going to go with, with mumbling? You know, How long are you going to do that? When you're going to awaken to righteousness, seek ye first that righteousness. That's what your Bible teaches. Everybody said amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. Praise All right. So God said, look here, I'm going to fix it where the teacher is going to be in you. And so he came in the New Testament. Light sprung up, and he began to teach the people. He began to tell them about the gifts of the Holy Ghost, the comforter, and how the teacher will be in you. And I'm going to be there 24-7, 365 and a quarter, everywhere you are. I'll be there when you wake up. I'll be there when you go to sleep. I'll be there all the time. How marvelous is that? What kind of God we serve, a gracious God, a mighty God, a holy God. Amen, amen. Come on. Let's stand together, shall we? Let's take a moment, lift our hearts with our hands, and give him praise and give him glory and give him honor.
He's more than worthy of it. More than worthy of it. Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. Come on, let's worship Him. Oh yeah. Come on now. Oh, clap your hands. Come on.